0: Um, Just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with monkey tennis.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
2: Hello listeners, before we start this week's show it's just time for a quick reminder and in fact the final reminder about Monkey Tennis Live We're all going to be there live on stage at London's Prince Charles Cinema next Wednesday, November 22nd to chat through Alan's Christmas special Knowing Me, Knowing You well, hopefully we'll all be there, as long as we can get Nick out of the bogs before the show starts, and if needs be, Jed can probably step in to take his place. Anyway, even better than all that, don't forget we're going to be joined live by Simon Greenall, otherwise known as everyone's favourite work Geordie and possibly Alan's only friend, Michael. He's emailed us this week to say how excited he is, needless to say, we're also ruddy bloody excited. It's going to be brilliant. We'll be trying to answer all the big questions such as, is Michael really dead? How many customers did he hit? Why is he not allowed to handle cash? And is Nick really still in the box? If you have any of your own Michael-specific questions, do send them our way. Let's face it, you're not going to want to miss this. Tickets are selling fast, so make sure you book. All you need to do is go to postpoppodcast.com forward slash monkeytennislive for the details. And now, on with the episode.
1: Monkey Tennis? Smelly Allen Fortridge. Linton Travel Tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey Tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. Monkey Tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey Tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey Tennis? It will be called Alan's Show. I decided and would be absolutely ace. Monkey Tennis? But needless to say, I had the last laugh.
0: Pitter-patter, pitter-patter, pitter-patter. It's the sound of a new episode of Monkey Tennis landing in your ears. Hello, welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Like a good-looking John
2: Merrick, mine was a face that looked really shit.
0: Nick <laughs> and Tom Stab. It was Pepsi or Shirley from Pepsi and Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> so we're heading towards the end of I, Partridge now. We've been tackling the book uh, a few chapters each week. Uh, we're up to chapter 26, My Drink and Drugs Heck. Is there any uh, musical uh, accompaniment for this? There is
2: no mandatory listening for this ah, chapter. interesting.
0: Fair enough. Uh, so we're on to my section of the book now, the uh, the final nine chapters. Um, one thing that's notable about this section of the book, obviously throughout the book, Alan has uh, talked down about, dissed, insulted and blamed an awful lot of people. Uh, but this section of the book, he, uh, he goes fairly easy on people, he, he, the only people he talks down to uh, insults or blames are uh, John Merrick, Birds of a <laughs> Feather, his assistant, Eamon Holmes, Society, Craft Foods, the government only a few people it? Pepsi or Shirley out of Pepsi and Shirley <laughs> Bill Oddie, Therapy Pedophiles Fern Cotton Cliff Richard Ham Cannibals People from Papua New Guinea Tesco's Swans and Labour Russell Harty Ray Clements Carroll and Norwich City Council <laughs> his publishing company <laughs> Smiths, Mike Tyson Toya Wilcox the IRA Richard Madeley Domestic Toilet Paper Next Lynn's Mum Alan's Mum Grand Designs the couples who appear on Grand Designs Architects <laughs> Builders Jimmy Savile David Essex The Travelling Community Londoners Older Short Dave Clifton, Jesus, Jeremy Clarkson, the Swap and Vauxhall dealership, Dennis Nielsen, Jeff Dahmer, Boy George, Adrian Charles, Dogs Baptist, Peter Sutcliffe, Freddie Mercury, Simon Mayo, Simon Bates, Gravity, you can call me Al by Paul Simon, bus fares and security guards. It's so uh, have, you fin- have you finished? That definitely I'm, finished. Finished. I'm, I'm, I'm finished. done. So he's mellowed in age. Though, yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, so it opens obviously at the height of his uh, Toblerone addiction um, with him making all sorts of awful noises uh, and he's questioning uh, the noises are coming from my mouth. How long have I been making them? I do not know. Where on earth am I? I do not know. Where's my assistant? I do not know. I do not know. The implication there that she should be around and available 100% of the time. Of course. Um, He starts to describe the things in his mouth. Sharp cornered, spearing, stabbing, blood- all words he uses, the clues are there that yep. he's talking about Toblerone. Um So uh, he also uses "pitter patter" again, uh, which is uh, a frequent yeah, literary yeah. thing throughout the book. "Pitter patter" went the rain, uh, as if bookending my short and ultimately unhappy <laughs> life. <laughs> which I think is that the first time he's admitted that his life's a failure.
2: Well, I, I think he's just trying to ramp up, of up the misery yeah. lit vibe again in this chapter,
0: yeah. isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there's also a bit in the uh, book, I'm not quite sure how they tackled this in the audio book, where he basically shouts, my assistant, but in real my life assistant. he is shouting her name. My yeah.
1: assistant!
0: <laughs> Going to such lengths to avoid, like, it would just be easier to use her name, wouldn't it? But no... Um, and uh, he also starts to see himself as being separate from his own body. My face, my <laughs> lovely face, was now unspeakably bloated, blotchy skin struggling to contain the expanding Alan within.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very Aww. nicely
0: put. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot of his best descriptions are actually of his own messiness. Uh, he says, ravaged by addiction, I was, it was now home to jowls, eyes and chin that were being dragged torsowards by the weight of their gelatinous content. <laughs> this is just him getting a bit old and fat, isn't it? Yeah, then? let's be honest. Well, it is well he's more well, than a bit fat. <laughs> fat, tired, confused, cold obese, alone and with chilly feet. <laughs> um, so he also says, I forced I forced more prisms of Toblerone and waited for death to come, which made me wonder if anyone had ever died of chocolate overdose, how easy Ooh. that is. So I looked up a few factoids. Uh, dogs obviously can. Yes. Um, the fatal dose of chocolate for dogs is one ounce per pound of dog. Um And uh, the elderly and young uh, humans are quite susceptible. You would have to have approximately 40 bars of dairy milk uh, to succumb to theobromide poisoning. So, yeah, chocolate can kill a man. Wow. Uh, uh, But if you're a blackbird, you've got to be a lot more careful. The (laughs) the regulation (laughs) dose of chocolate to kill a blackbird is one smarty. Wow. (laughs) That's a fact I looked up. Excellent. Uh, Good look. Thanks, the internet. (laughs) So is
2: is, is it worth just clarifying uh, for those picking up? So obviously this chapter, this is Alan's telling of events Sort of when he basically has the mental breakdown and drives to Dundee in his bare feet. Well, he yeah. says he
0: hits rock bottom, and I, I still don't think that this is rock bottom. It's just, <laughs> this is how he sees rock bottom, but I think we also need to remember the Forbes McAllister incident. Um, there's, there's been many, many a rock yeah, bottom. Yeah, this, his mind, this like, is
2: when he's most mentally anguished because he's basically recorded too many episodes of Skirmish in a row. And it's yeah, pushed yeah, him absolutely. over the edge. Yeah. But uh, yeah, what I like about this chapter, I was going to say, that, you know, the fact that we're getting Alan aside from an mm-hmm. incident which is only kind of it's referenced in I, Partridge, and there are a few flashbacks, but mm-hmm. we never we never like see or hear the full event in detail until this book.
0: Yes, mm. and uh, the reasons, he says, that drove him to this drink and drugs heck were a uh, divorce, multiple career snubs, accusations from the family of a dead celebrity, presumably Ford McAllister, <laughs> estranged kids, although that's been going on for a while, I don't okay. think you can really use that now you know they've been estranged for ages borderline homelessness that kind of thing
2: well I, I guess he's just adding it all together isn't he so um his brain being an imaginary piece of tofu having thumbs of bad news forced into it yeah that metaphor is bizarre <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
0: at one point he's talking about thumbs then they the thumbs become bad news then they turn back into thumbs again It's <laughs> <is> absolute nonsense <laughs> um he starts talking about misery lit as well which obviously is, is what this is trying to yes, be Yes, yeah. absolutely um, yep uh, and uh, gets angry at the naysayers who try to downplay the very real horror of chocolate (laughs) addiction. Um... And he says, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So he tells us how he got there, uh, takes us back to 1987 uh, and Alan's introduction to Toblerone when he's uh, back at R-Price Radio. Um, A little bit about R-Price, nothing uh, that scandalous, but it started in 1971, Uh, it folded in 2004. The headquarters were in High Street, Kensington, where some of the monkey tennis team work. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was sold to WH Smiths. Uh, The founders left to form MVC, if anybody remembers that, ah. that. It was going in 2003. Uh, 2004 well it, it was sold to virgin in 1998 and if you remember they started to change them into v shops yes. and put mobile phones in uh, the back yeah yeah, yeah. anyway that's that's my R price summary yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> great yeah enjoyed it. um and yeah it was uh, it's pepsi or shirley from pepsi and shirley that first introduced <laughs> alan's to <laughs> and we never find out which nope. one it is because nope. he
2: does not know the difference
0: that's, nope um, he also says that uh, yeah, he was out on the town with them and fellow DJ John Boyd who he claims is a, 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 oh, no, who's a housewife's choice on, uh, on a mid-morning radio leads um, John Boyd is a real person um, and uh, there's a description of him on his uh, agent's website which is positively partridge uh, it <laughs> says uh, Wilf Pache MBE the famous Olympic coach made this statement about John Boyd in radio broadcasting terms John Boyd is a natural that's in quotation marks he is the equivalent in broadcasting of a gold medalist no amount of training, study or Reading can hope to turn a cart horse into a grand national winner. Wow. Uh, so I wonder if he's quoted in here because John Boyd is actually one of the many inspirations for Alan. He seems like quite mm. a similar character. Yeah. Can I ask a quick question, just going back a step? Had anyone heard of Pepsi and Shirley or any music by Pepsi and Shirley before I heard this, this book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're but, like part of Wham, aren't they? Well,
2: yeah, they're, they're yeah. kind so of like the, almost like the dancers and yeah, the yeah, yeah. vocalists. So I didn't really Wham. know oh. who they were. Yes, they, they were on stage up. until yes, at the yes, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Has anybody not googled them and seen what they look like? Because we're missing a massive gap. They don't look anything like. One is black. One is white.
0: Oh, I see. (laughs) Yeah, that's the joke. That's the joke. Of course, course. got you. Um, so yeah, he uh, he takes a mouthful of Toblerone as supplied by Pepsi or Shirley, and at that moment his life changes forever. Um, at, at this point, he reverts back to speaking the first person. He does recognise, to be fair, that up until uh, that point he had suffered from a fat back, but that was the only <laughs> part of him that was in any way fat. <laughs> yep, the rest of him soon raced to catch up. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says, "Yeah, he, he saw his mind diving and soaring into a new ecstasy as he tried it. I felt amazing, gold-plated, Vanden Plas. Now I had to look up that, the reference for Vanden Plas, but it, uh, they produced bodies for specialist car manufacturers. Ah, So it's a a Coogan reference. It's an Alan reference. uh, It's not very much an Adam reference. So (laughs) there we go. Um, He then says uh, later on, uh, I thought nothing is until late. several years later, I was sexually assaulted. I had my pants removed and arse exposed by hooligans at a live comic (laughs) (laughs) comic relief event. Has everybody seen that, by the way? That's brilliant. Yes, absolutely wonderful. So that was when he was on comic relief in 1995, uh, and (laughs) someone turns up with a cheque for £75, which he's very not impressed by, uh, (laughs) and it's the guy who later plays Sweaty Raphael in Ah. uh, uh, right, right, yeah. And doesn't he reference that in, um, in relation to Utre and why he may or may not be on that list Yes, I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and John Thompson's also in the uh, comic relief uh, sketch as well, yeah. uh, a, a recurring Alan yeah. player. Um, Alan's done five comic reliefs and a sport relief I checked over the years. Which was is five? A... I didn't realise it was that meant. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Can I just, uh, this could be a stupid question, but he has had chocolate before, is there just something about the powerful combination of honey and nougat and chocolate and Toblerone that sends him over the edge? I think so, I yes. think that's what yes. triggers yeah, yeah, yeah. the addictive nature for him, And yes. I'm, sure, I'm sure you're about to say yes, that's the joke, but Toblerone is pretty standard, right? It's, there's nothing Special. No, well, I just shocked you. I don't even like Tobor yeah. that much. What? I've got, it, but to him, it, yeah, to him, it's exotic, is it? To him, it's like it's the exotic. He, he's, he's trying to draw a parallel with the exotic feeling of you know someone doing heroin for the first well, time. Well, that, that's it, like, yeah, yeah. and that,
2: that's obviously an overriding joke throughout this chapter. The way he writes about it, it's like he's describing some kind of severe heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, don't, play, don't downplay chocolate addiction. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a very serious affliction. Yes. Uh, question to the group: What would be your f- what would be, what is your favourite Allen-based chocolate? So, for example, I'm not a big fan of cho- Toblerone, but I do love a chocolate orange. Uh, it's the question, what's your favourite chocolate bar? Well, but Allen-related.
0: Allen-related. I would go I would go chocolate orange as well. I'm not it's, anti it, what are the others? I'm not anti Toblerone. If someone comes up to me and says do you <laughs> want a piece, piece of Toblerone? Toblerone and chocolate orange. Yeah. Yeah. Toffos, tro- <laughs> of chocolate. chocolate orange or Toblerone, I think is the only yeah. is the choice of effects. Uh, chocolate orange? Yeah. I go, I go Toblerone. I like a Toblerone now. Especially salted caramel. Right, as we talk about this, Jed is currently opening a kinder egg. <laughs> <laughs> I That's not, I'm not an not to say He hasn't got his eyes on the price. <laughs> that is not on brand. You uh, should be paying attention to the recording. Jed, I'm going to give you
2: a uh, one word option here. Out of Toblerone, chocolate orange, we'll call that one word, or yep. Toffo's, what would be your favourite?
0: Before think? you answer, can I just stress if you say burger sauce, I'm going to you. Toblerone. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, go. Go. I'm, I'm glad we had this little chap. Join so. us later when we find out what toy Jed has inside his kinder <laughs> <egg>. <laughs> uh, So Alan's addiction is ramping up. He says, uh, some t- after Carol left, I'd sometimes get up in the night and eat a whole Toblerone to myself. And I'm not talking about a small one. I mean a medium-sized <laughs> one. <laughs> that, because That is a classic line yeah, yeah in the book. Because yeah. large would be insane. Uh, he was, by some distance, his only admission, the most depressed and troubled man in the UK. I uh, find that difficult to believe. Uh, and he shrunk into a dark cranny of fed-upness. He, uh, he has to he <laughs> There's trouble talking about his own depression, doesn't he? He likes to sort of uh, cage it within uh, softer language uh, dark cranny of fed upness, uh, clinically <laughs> fed up, etc.
2: And to clarify that a large toblerone would be insanity, uh, a cursory Google search tells me uh, you can buy a jumbo toblerone which is 4.5 kilograms. I think we discussed this on the uh, on the podcast previously isn't it like 80 I mean, quid or something Yeah it's it's 79.99 and only 8 left in stock on Amazon <laughs> buy it now I'm
0: keen to see the reviews are there any one star reviews of that Ooh. <laughs> Is, oh, it av- is it available on Prime? Can we get it delivered this afternoon? <laughs> yes, okay. it is available the on Prime. pictures are ridiculous. <laughs> Whilst Tom looks into that, um, Alan uh, describes the severity of his problem as saying that uh, he was starting to get routinely mistaken for Eamon Holmes. But uh, also, the way that he describes his consumption of it, so he says, oh, I, I can't confront my demons, it's too much, so if I have an argument with Carol... <laughs> three slabs and I'll be fine, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like three slabs, this is not you know this is not major addiction. That's I love what that. a normal person would do if they were stressed, yeah, exactly, and I love that he describes it as a slab <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> can, can I just point out so the top? five-star review for this massive table on Amazon just says, I feel sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> From Alan in Norwich. Yeah, 50. Uh, so yeah, this basically all adds up and then he says, I lost control and I ended up driving to Dundee in bare feet. Um, I had a little look at this this drive in detail. Norwich to Dundee uh, is 445 miles and would take 7 hours and 49 minutes. Um, he says, I remember literally nothing of my journey to Scotland before then describing every single road he travelled on. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, did, yeah. I did cross-check those against Google Maps and uh, his route does check out. That is uh, legitimately the way to get to Dundee.
2: Yeah, I, I figured they wouldn't have just messed around yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah. They were going to take
0: it seriously. Uh, when he eventually uh, comes to his senses, he says, uh, I didn't feel up to the drive home, not least because I had no shoes and felt daft. So I contacted my assistant who travelled overnight while I lay across the generously proportioned <laughs> backseat of the Vectra, finishing the last of the toberones. I love that it's sort of, he realises that he's, he's, he's had an episode, but he's still, he still can't leave the Toe unfinished, can he? <laughs> but then
2: also, obviously with the unreliable narrator nature of this, the fact that he thinks he's had an episode. I mean, yes, we know that he's got a bit of fat and he hasn't got shoes, but it's like he's saying he blacked out while he remembers the whole journey and he, he writes about how he's kind of getting over the episode, but yet he's still snacking on Toblerone. I mean, essentially... Nothing bad really happened. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. And he has, a, and also on the way back, he's criticising Lynn's driving, which <laughs> he drives a moment. Says for such a bird-like woman, she was far too hard on the clutch. That so after amazing. a few hundred metres, I took over and drove home myself. Said... <laughs> <laughs> so again,
2: it can't be that bad. Yeah, uh, it's probably worth mentioning as well that he writes. My assistant doesn't own a car, and the train was, I felt, too expensive, so she'd taken the National Express coach. Anyone checked how much it is to get a train from Norwich to Dundee? Uh, yeah, we've done some price comparison here. So Alan does kind of have a point. The um, uh, a single train ticket looking at this on the com today is 145 pounds Norwich to Dundee
0: Versus £35.20 on the coach. So a considerable saving there. So Alan was right there. Yeah. Yeah. Just put her on the coach and then dock it out of her wages. <laughs> um, <laughs> when he eventually gets home, well, it's, it's worth mentioning in this chapter titled My Drink and Drugs Heck, he's yet to take a single drink or drug. Yeah. Uh, but that's about to change. Uh, I got home and had a can of bitter and a sleeping tablet. So that is the, uh, <laughs> that's the the I heck. love that. <laughs> the drink part of this chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Also probably worth a quick mention that uh, he says Lynn quickly washed and shod me and then began the drive home. Uh, which obviously we covered, then he takes over the driving. But also, there's a hose pipe dangling from the exhaust, like the tail of a giant mouse, and then there's a footnote that follows. Oh, I should have said this was a, this was for a suicide bid, which I, which I didn't get around to. <laughs> <laughs> Did to. That is purely a throwaway footnote. Yeah, yeah.
0: Do we think that's actually true? No, I think he should chuck that in there. Do you reckon he should chuck yeah. that in yeah. Well, the, in whole, the whole chapter, to be honest, is a bit of a nonsense. I mean, he talks again <laughs> about who, who's to blame, me, society, craft Foods, the government, Pepsi or Shirley, <laughs> out of Pepsi or, Pepsi or Shirley. He kind of says it's a combination of all of them with a slight weighting towards Pepsi and Shirley. <laughs> See, I, I actually think that, the, that him doing
2: this and framing it as a suicide bid in Alan Universe probably is true, but the fact that
0: he was never really going to go through with it anyway. No, yeah. You know. He, yeah and it's because he didn't get round to it not because he changed his mind <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> Too because he's ever round to eating yeah. um, speaking of information he just throws out uh, apropos of nothing he also says uh, after the the can of bitter and sleeping tablet incident he says I subsequently made a number of changes to my life which resulted in me getting better yeah. uh, and then the <laughs> absolutely footnote, <laughs> glosses over yeah. it the footnote claims that well, although apparently it's down to the publishers because he, he says this paragraph is an edited version of a much longer <laughs> passage which the publishers felt borrowed too heavily from bouncing back available in second hand bookshops in <laughs> and around <laughs> Norfolk oh, <nice. laughs> not outside of the Norfolk No, presumably before the books were pulped, I think he probably took a couple of hundred and just distributed them evenly across (laughs) the uh, charity shops of Norwich. Um, so that brings us pretty much to the end of My Drinking Drugs Heck and straight on to chapter 27, Chin Up. So the mandatory listening for this chapter is a song called Cakewalk Into
2: Town by Taj Mahal. I do not know that song. Never I it do it. not know. Again, it's on the Spotify playlist, so enjoy it in your leisure.
0: Uh, it's not long into this chapter before Sue Cook rears her head again. Yep. Uh, she calls and offers to take Alan to the zoo. She uh, never actually turned up, but then she never does. <laughs> That's just Sue, as she always says. <laughs> um, and then uh, it says Bill Odie was a real rock too. Sue and Bill are getting a lot more coverage in this book, even than in uh I Man and Partridge, yeah, I think. Yeah. 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 But um, I like the
2: way that it's consistent, the kind of I don't know if "minor league" is quite a fair term, but those kind of like those minor league British celebrities that Alan's actually mm, friends with that yeah. that's a
0: consistent through line. They get more coverage than sort of bigger characters from Alan's past, like uh, Michael mm. and his assistant. Really, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, um, and also the uh, the sort of minor grievances of Billody are, are are so close to being believable that I think that's mm. what makes them funny. For example, uh, he gets very angry when he's with Alan because people are watching birds without binoculars, which, as Bilotti states here, is cheating. <laughs> 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 um, uh, you also get a uh, quite a bit of insight into some of the menial tasks that uh, his assistant has to do for him. Um, She pops around to drop off food, do the dishes, flush the loo as he tends to forget. Um, (laughs) At my lowest point, she also offered to help me shower. Uh, He decided against that. But I did think, is that genuine help or is that sexual interest? Well, he also says, although technically my employee, I knew that she came around doing all of this as a friend. Absolutely not (laughs) true. (laughs) Absolutely not true. Uh,
2: But I I really don't, I, I don't think there's any sexual interest between Alan and Lynn
0: personally. No, oh, fair enough. Yeah. At least. Yeah. No, I don't He's really suggest genuine help. I think she loves him, but yeah. not necessarily like in that She's lust, not yeah, lust. Fond of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so after Lynn's and all this stuff, <laughs> gone up on the coach to drive him home, bathed him, clothed him, shod him, flushed his toilet, he then says, I'm surprised she had time to get any actual work done. And I think it was that as much as anything else that forced me to drop her down to a part time one <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, shortly after that, we move on to uh, uh, one of Alan's systems. He introduces a lot of systems in this book that yeah. he, uh, we'll get onto forward solutions later on, which is the main one. But one of them is uh, short burst underwater crying, which is one of his. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the ways he deals with problems, he's put all of that in capitals, which makes me think he's uh, he's attempting like, to trademark, yeah, yeah like a copyrighted yeah, term. Yeah. Uh, followed almost immediately by controlled anger release splashing, which <laughs> I think might be another patented technique of his to uh, deal with the build-up yeah. of anger and sadness. Um, he says, "Against the express wishes of Billotti, I also tried therapy, uh, but it didn't work for him. Uh, so what he did was he took up pony trekking. This is very, very random. Yes, is it's is it? a real yes. deviation from yeah. the we know. Well,
2: I, I just love the image of
0: it, like Alan." on a pony is just not right and that's why it's brilliant. So you wonder why it appeals to him. He explains it like this. He says he likes it because it's basically like being in charge of a vehicle (laughs) slash being. Uh, They don't criticise you about viewing figures, play hardball over budgets, or fail to recommission your show. (laughs) (laughs) Still very much haunted by that, isn't he? He won't let it go.
2: Although he will tell you that he's not bothered about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, He
0: also then mentions uh, his experience with uh, horses on No Me Knowing You, although that was obviously a disaster that saw a horse fail to do a jump and then crap on stage. If just put sponges on the hooves; it'd be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he seems to think horses are capable of a lot more than they uh, they actually are. Yeah. That's why he takes his on a shortcut across a dual carriageway later <laughs> in the uh, chapter as well. Um, uh, there's a fun bit as well where he uh, he goes to watch them get groomed, and he says, "I really, oh, I really yeah. love the fact that it was like a car wash for horses. <laughs> I, I really, really love, love that fact." <laughs>
2: And I uh, well, actually, yeah, I felt a little bit sad for Alan here as well because he goes on to detail one of the one of the stable lads offering him to have a go at cleaning the hooves. Yeah. And he says I got all shy yeah. and said no, even though I would have enjoyed it. Not a day goes by when I don't think about that moment. What an error! <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's one of the few things that really yeah. has actually stayed with Alan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's very tender, but it's also a little bit homoerotic. That whole section. Yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Offered yeah, yeah, of me is. to have a go. I got all shy. I did pluck up the confidence to join in the chit chat. Yeah. Uh, and he also then uh, I think. Tying into that, he says he stopped pony trekking. Uh, did anyone see why? Yes, yeah. because of broke back mountain. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, He <laughs> just did. didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> I think one of the sweetest bits of this chapter is when uh, he's talking about uh, the, the, the pony he had been trekking on Treacle. He says, "I also friended her on oh, Facebook. Yeah. I know it's not actually her that replies, but it's still it's nice. Like... <laughs> oh, I can appreciate that. Yep, <laughs> absolutely.
2: That's essentially the most kind of." Unguarded and human, we almost see Alan
0: being the fact that he really yeah, loves yeah. the ponies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Um, uh, but it's not long before his body's become flooded with blubber. Uh, it's now home to over five stones of excess weight. He's clinically chubbed up. Yep. Uh, he says he set about one of the most merciless ex- exercise regimes in the history of Norwich. But uh, let's talk about <laughs> how he got chubbed up. Uh, he spent £54,000 in the last few years on Toblerone. Yep. That is a number that begs to be crunched. So what I've done. Well, he's is... equated it into um, prostitutes as well for you in the book. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's more than most unhappily married men spend on prostitutes in their whole lives. We have crunched this on a previous episode, but uh, I believe I've gone further with the numbers than ever <laughs> Always before. Always deeper. Let's yeah. see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he says in the last few years he spent fifty-four thousand pounds. Assuming that's three pounds is three pounds per medium Toblerone, That's eighteen thousand Toblerones. Assuming a few years is three years. That's six thousand Toblerones a year. Seven hundred and fifty a month. Twenty-five a day, or one point zero four Toblerones an hour. Wow, <laughs> quite twenty-five a, lot a to day. <laughs> a lot. I think you'd be more than five stone overweight as well. I think you would as well, and I think <laughs> you'd, you'd have diabetes. Yeah. as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he uh, he basically uh got uh lynn to go through his house searching for all the hidden Toblerones including making That's... her check the cisterns of all three of his toilets <laughs> as well as flushing them yeah. yep uh, she fell over it <laughs> fell off the stepladder when she was checking the loft and cracked her head on the wall um oh,
2: yeah, I love, it like really glosses over lynn basically horrifically yeah. injuring herself yeah Could she have have died. a casualty
0: yeah <laughs> um he said that he found it in an air vent behind the wardrobe his final toberone it was sat there looking at me like some sort of confectionery and frank brackets god i hate the nazis <laughs> controversial um he says i gathered what remained of my toberone supply into just six bin bags uh, again i've crunched some numbers uh estimating 150 toberones per bin bag uh that's 900 or 36 days supply by alan's consumption <laughs> um, he, that's uh, great, number crunching, Adam. Went yep, to a good. local primary school, wound down the window, <laughs> and handed bars out to the kids. It was a nice thing to do, and the fact the police were called says more about genuine paedophiles <laughs> than it does about me. He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you heard from that teacher of yours lately, Tom? Uh, no, I told you his house burnt down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, apparently, uh, he went to exercise. Lynn offered to join him, but uh, when he thought about her and a leotard, it made him feel all cold inside. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Poor Lin. Um, to which I think really qualifies there is no sexual attraction (laughs) No. Uh, more more stats and facts on his chubbed upness, he he figured out that he displaced the same amount of water as half a Ford Fiesta Uh, the gross weight of a Ford Fiesta is 1490 kilograms and that's when he uses that uh, literary technique that he uses quite a lot throughout this book not bad for a little lad from Norwich not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> More ammo on the list of uh, terrible things that Alan makes his assistant do. Uh, he used to run along country lanes and make her drive behind him like a Baptist curb crawler. Uh, the idea was if he went below a certain speed, she would just blast the horn. This is like a this is like a speed remake we're dying out for, isn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Starring Alan Partridge. Yeah, uh,
2: doesn't he say um, if he drops below his target speed, uh, my assistant... Was to pull forward and slightly run me over. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the toot and shoot
0: technique, as he calls it. What does slightly run you over mean? Or run me over, it's even? a bit, bit of a nudge. It's a little yeah. bit of a bump. I would yeah. say bump to the ground, but no harm beyond yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh He then says, uh, how I longed to go back to the swimming baths and show those young boys my body once he'd uh, finally got... Home eroticism yeah. <laughs> I used to lie in bed imagining them staring at me, my skin glistening under the changing room lights, my body covered in a veil of twinking chlorinated droplets, and it felt good. It, it felt, felt right. right. <laughs> yeah, I think someone needs to have a chat with Alan about yeah. this sort of stuff, doesn't? Um, a lot uh, of things. <laughs> uh, he he says that the problem with a sudden weight loss is that it's left him with masses of excess skin. Uh, I tried to look up some stuff about excess skin on Wikipedia. Oh, There's no. not a lot of detail. So what I then did was googled extreme case excess skin, which is something I advise you never do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm no way. Not yeah. interested
2: in that. Um, yeah, because doesn't he say? He basically uh, says yeah, he... he'll
0: donate his skin to medical science, which is not a pleasant thought. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm not even sure you can do that, to be honest, either. <laughs> no. um, he says that he came out of the whole ordeal older and wiser. I mean, certainly older. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good point. Uh, uh,
2: just on the excess skin, he's, uh, when he says, uh, when he was clothed, it wasn't a problem, he just tuck it into his jeans. That's also a line uh, that he uses when uh, he... Coogan appeared in character on the Jonathan Ross show, and he also talks about that. Oh, Sorry,
0: yeah. Lovely. That's the end of Chin Up, uh, with him declaring that he's bounced back, leading us nicely to Chapter Twenty Eight, Bouncing Back. So, how are we looking, at, uh, mandatory soundtrack-wise for this chapter?
2: Well, mandatory soundtrack for this chapter, we have two songs that you must listen to: that single "Ladies" by Beyonce and "Babushka" by Kate Bush. Oh, yes, and great yes. soundtrack. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, so, yes, he's bouncing back. We're now in the very weird Inception-style territory of reading a man's fake Inception. autobiography <laughs> about another fake <laughs> autobiography yeah. that didn't really, wasn't really released. Um, anyway. He says uh, he's feeling very proud, his chest puffing out like a toad's throat, uh, and he believes now he's written Bouncing Back. Uh, today, Norwich Waterstones, tomorrow, the Booker Prize for, bro- for Books. Forgetting for a second that the Booker Prize is for fiction, making Bouncing Back ineligible. <laughs> um, uh, good that he mentions Norwich Waterstones, because it does exist. It's on Castle Street, and uh, Steve Coogan went there in character to uh, promote oh, this amazing. very book, didn't he? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, he was introduced as an occasional supporter of human rights when he turned up, <laughs> uh, and he enters via an escalator. It's, there's a YouTube video, or plenty of YouTube videos of of him reading from I Partridge uh, and Norwich Waterstones. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, he then moves on. Uh, he's basically moved on two years later, I think. At this point, is not he? he? Skips ahead. To, he returns to the year two PD post Dundee. Um, he's talking about himself in the third person again. He had a, <laughs> a major. He's talking about his major male mind meltdown. Uh, and then one day in the bathtub, Ulrika, it hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so he devises Bouncing Back, which is supposed to be half autobiography, half self-help manual. Uh, again, he's talking systems. Uh, it would be a system to set free the limitless potential within us all. Which I think, again, is where uh, Alan veers very much into Noel Edmonds' territory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Noel being a purveyor of uh, positive thinking systems and so on. He he writes this uh, book, Bouncing Back, in two distinct ways. One is the traditional way, going into his study and pounding away on the word processor. And the other is when he goes jogging with a Bluetooth headset on and gets his assistant to type up the chapters as he speaks them over the phone to her. Um, he says, uh, Sometimes he'd be too puffed out to talk. My assistant and I would simply maintain a comfortable telephone silence, save for the odd whinny of exertion from my end until I reached the brow. Uh, she'd really struggled to write as quickly as I was speaking, but that's not my problem. <laughs> um, and he, the last word in Bouncing Back is uh, Allah, he says. Uh, he wrote the entire book in three weeks. Um, he says it wasn't his first book. This is a revelation. Uh, his previous book was "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Stadium" to Alan Partridge by Alan Partridge, a wry collection of amusing anecdotes about his experiences as a sports reporter, published by Pear Tree Publishing, the mm-hmm. publishing wing of my now defunct company. Is that referenced in any other Partridge fiction?
3: I don't think so. This, no. is, this is the first time
0: I knew there was a book before bouncing back. Yeah. Um. He also says Pear Tree Publishing had gone under years before (laughs) after an injunction injunction from former goalkeeper Ray Clements, who is real, uh, who angrily questioned the validity of one of the anecdotes. Uh, The title of the anecdote was Clements, practicing goalie throws by hurling kids over hedge. Uh, Yeah, Ray Clements, uh, former England and Tottenham Hotspur goalkeeper. Uh,
2: Yeah, the only uh, mention that I can find of a funny thing happened on the way to the stadium to Alan Partridge is... uh, There on the old, the very old BBC on the hour website, there is a reference to it. New website it has kind of existed in kind of in Alan's backstory for a while. But yeah, I don't think it's properly mentioned anywhere
0: else. Okay. Um, he gets very excited about publishing the book, so he calls his son Fernando. Uh, his son says, I'm just in the loo, Dad. He was such a joker. Um, <laughs> so basically, he has a conversation with Fernando about publishing his book, and then it becomes apparent that Fernando's taking a shit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a plop. He <laughs> <says>. <laughs> Either he hadn't been joking about being on the loo, or he was dropping stones into a <laughs> well. And, like, ev- every time Alan... Began- <laughs> <laughs> he just says... Fancy meeting for a drink to celebrate, but the line went dead. <laughs> yeah. uh, question to the group. Have you ever taken a phone call whilst doing a poo? I would probably say yes, but I can't uh, remember specific w- examples. All I can say is in um, work once, I was in a cubicle, and someone in the cubicle next to me answered a call. They will remain nameless, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I Well... An extension of that, I've definitely been on WhatsApp to you lot. Oh, well, I've the the bog. I will take a call. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine.
2: fine. I was just going to say it seems like whenever Alan actually successfully gets through to Fernando on the phone, Fernando's always doing. Something which makes it a very inconvenient phone call. In bed uh, with a woman. In bed with a woman taking a shit, etc.
0: <laughs> so, do you think? Do you think he's actually doing all those? I mean, I think he's taking a shit here. Yeah, do you and think I think he's th- actually doing those. I things? also or think yeah, he was yeah, in bed with a woman as well yeah, because, because he's out like, of breath. You, you yeah.
2: out of breath. Yeah. You've been yeah, running. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wondered
0: if it was uh, if perhaps he was making those things up because he didn't want to talk to his dad for very long. Oh, I'm sure he would do that as well, <laughs> even true. if he wasn't doing that's it. Alan tries to get his book into several different sections: biographies, health and well-being, mind, body, and spirit, new releases, and bestsellers. I do not think you can be? bestsellers just by asking um, he had also penned in five to go by the cash tills because he would read something about Cadbury's chomps doing the same to cash in on impulse purchases um, oh there's also an interesting postscript to him saying uh, Fernando had either been on the loo or dropping stones into a well footnote oh, yeah. he wasn't dropping stones into a well <laughs> uh, he also sent copies to the widows of Tony Hares and Chris Feather it was a classy touch he says <laughs> uh, and he sent Denise and Fernando a copy but decided that his wife Carol could buy her own <laughs> <laughs> also, says, I'd managed to stretch it to over 300 pages. So, even by his estimation, <laughs> he's <laughs> adding shrug- the fuck struggling. out of it. Yeah. Uh, Sales were disappointing. He says, My refusal to dumb down, if anything I dumbed up, had cost me dearly. He received word via fax that a lot of stores were going to be taken down from the shelves. Uh, and he was absolutely thunderstruck. Uh, he says, Using Roger's Thesaurus, which he also credits with uh, a lot of inspiration for the words he used in the book itself, he desperately, he, tra- yeah, he basically demands that the publisher. Give it a push and um, insists on a raft of nationwide TV adverts to give the book the push it deserves. I'd brace yourself, Alan. That is not
3: going to happen. <laughs> not a chance. But thankfully, he says they did hammer out a compromise, yeah, yeah, which so is good. that they're not
0: going to write a series <laughs> yeah. of nationwide TV. When was the last time you saw a book advertised on TV? That's so good.
2: He literally writes, instead of running a series of nationwide TV adverts, they were not going to run a series of nationwide
0: TV adverts. <laughs> he also makes reference to the bit we see in I'm Alan Partridge of him flogging copies of his own book at the train station with a Danko uh, nightstick. Concourse retail in its purest form. <laughs> yes. Uh, he also, in that bit, he describes like he sees himself as a viable alternative to the WH Smiths that's at the same station as yeah, well. Yeah, you know? exactly.
2: Uh, he also says he resembled a market trader, but he was in fact a bookshop without walls
0: <laughs> <laughs> and only selling yes. one book. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> oh, and a Danko nightstick. Oh, he has got that. As used in futu- futuristic TV shows, true? The, the X Files. <laughs> uh,
2: is it? It's probably briefly worth giving back to during the time uh, he says he can't recall a lot of the exact details. He was drinking a lot of cider. He doesn't really like cider, but there was a very good deal on at Threshers. And this explained his somewhat distracted response when Lynn phones him with the good news about the book deal. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> when, when Lynn comes round, he says, could you get me some crisps? The next day, though, all the cider has now been drunk, spilled or thrown. <laughs> so then he's
0: shaped up. <laughs> so basically, he's almost going down the Dave Clifton route now, isn't he? Well, that's, that's
2: yeah. actually a bit of viable drink heck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. Shame it wasn't in the drink heck chapter, really, exactly, isn't yeah. it? Um, he uh, he basically talks one guy at the train station into buying the book. Uh, who pays for it by check? Um, also, I'd say he can remember this person's name, but he can't remember if it was Pepsi or Shirley that got him <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. on his table or there. the name of Glen Ponder's husband. Yeah. Um, so the guy pays eight ninety nine. I wonder, do you think that's the original uh, RRP or that's a knockdown price? It does uh. include Danko Firestick as well. <laughs> I think that guy's probably getting, oh, I was going to say a deal, but it's not that much of a deal. Nine no, it's quid, not. No, no, not really. getting a torch, pal, but still. <laughs> it is a hardback. Uh, yeah. still nine quid. <laughs> and then he gets the uh, bombshell that his book is going to be pulped, which is something he describes as nothing short of literary genocide. <laughs> <laughs> um, he tries to uh, save, oh yeah, he tries to get the nationwide TV adverts uh, going again. That doesn't work. Uh, so he then tries to do a stunt where he makes a house out of a thousand copies of Bouncing Back.
3: Not a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> <actually> quite <laughs> quite that would actually get some coverage. Yeah, or BuzzFeed, yeah, or
0: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I put a note in here that it, that's actually better quick thinking than with Tony Hayes, I thought. He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. come up with something viable. Yeah, yeah. uh, he claims to be begging Henry at the publishing company uh, to not pulp it. He says, I'm literally on my knees. And then Henry says, Well, it sounds like you're driving. Okay, not literally. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me a bone, buddy.
2: Can I just interrupt very quickly? Uh, yeah. Short update here. Jed's Kinder Egg toy is a caterpillar. <laughs> uh, i repeat, that is a caterpillar from Jed's Kinder Egg. Good work. Uh, for those Continue, of you who had have a caterpillar in your Jed's Kinder Egg ice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spy guide, mark it off now. <laughs> um so Henry at the publishing company suggests Alan can go to the pulping of his own book. Alan is apoplectic with anger at the prospect of, uh, of having to go and do this. Uh, and then he immediately cuts to, I was deeply moved by what I saw at the paper mill <laughs> the following day. Uh, a lovely switch there. Uh, there's a nice bit where Alan consoles himself about the pulping of his book by imagining what it might be turned into. An A4 jot book from Ryman's, a love letter from one man to his troubled bisexual <laughs> fuck buddy, or maybe a ream of high-grade printer paper purchased by a thriving local business shoved into the tummy of a Canon IP2000. It would bide its time and until one day emerging, kicking and screaming into the world, caked in the latest set of company financials. Of those three, the one I'm least keen on is the fuck buddy. <laughs> That's brilliant,
2: is... because that didn't have to be an yeah, option. No, exactly. <laughs> that is a
0: brilliant paragraph. <laughs> there, there is one option, though, that he's not prepared to entertain. And what's that? <laughs> that it basically be, end up as, as uh, toilet paper, which is why he will insist on buying foreign these days, <laughs> which is probably the only instance of him uh, insisting on buying something foreign and not yes, British. Yes. Yeah, uh, a- apart from possibly Sonya. <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> did any money exchange hands with Sonia? I don't think it did, um, but <laughs> I think his oh, later oh, on it oh, does. Let's, on. let's talk about that later. Later on yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, if books really do need to be destroyed, he screamed at the foreman over the deafening roar of machinery. This is definitely the most humane way of doing it, yeah, <laughs> because books have feelings. Um, and
2: there's a bit more in the the, uh, the DVD of our Man of series two, where he's at the paper mill because I think they um the pulping plant Uh, because I think they kind of incorporate it into the menu so there is a longer there is a longer scene of him like trying to chat to the foreman or whatever oh yeah just following him around the building yeah yeah and
0: like they can't really hear each other over the noise and stuff amazing Um, that brings us more or less to the end of the chapter has anyone else got anything for chapter 28 No. No. no okay chapter 29 is titled Good Grief
1: imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time
2: Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Okay, you have one piece of mandatory listening for this chapter, which is Drive
0: by the Cars. Great song. Um, it starts with Alan talking about uh, the recent funerals he's attended. Obviously, there's Tony Hares, Chief Commissioning Editor of BBC Television, Chris Feather, Chief Commissioning Editor of BBC Television, <laughs> Mum and Dad, brackets my Mum and Dad, and <laughs> Don't Know Name, the racist mother of <laughs> yeah. the woman who works for me. <laughs> how can he not know Lynn's <laughs> Mum's name? Or oh, just terrible. ask her. Yeah. yeah. And certainly don't leave it as a placeholder in the book.
2: Yeah, but do, do we know on the audiobook how do they deal with that gag? It says Don't, don't Know, know name. name. Okay, Brilliant.
0: <laughs> Uh, yes, so uh, Lynn's mum obviously died and he gave her 36 hours off. Uh, I looked up the legal allowance. As far as I can tell, it's entirely up to your employer's discretion. Mm, so it's fine which is then. Bad news if your employer's out of partridge. Talk us
2: through how flexi-grief works.
0: He then had to later qualify that by saying that she wasn't allowed to take them all in one go. Uh, instead, the allotted hours may be taken at any time in the next month, but in units of no more than three hours. A system, another system. Yep. Yeah, flexi-grief, he's, he's calling it. Uh, he's basically invented. Although
2: I I like, he's he's
0: kind of given it <laughs> An
2: interesting qualification, he says. What would happen if a person took a straight thirty-six hours off, but then grief hit when that person was back at work doing, I don't know, her employer's quarterly underwear <laughs> shop? So <laughs> he's worried about
0: lost productivity, basically. Yeah. 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 Um. There's uh, a little, sorry, there's a little note on uh, for the under uh, for the underwear shop in the uh, in the footnote. Always MS and S unless finances <laughs> were tight, in which case I'd cut the budget and send her to next. <laughs> As long as he's not buying them himself. That's oh, yeah, what absolutely. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, well, I was going to say a touching moment, but my note here actually says, as touching a moment as you're going to get. Um, <laughs> where he uh, he's talking to Lynn about her dead mum. And he says, uh, good, I wanted to check on you in an arm around the shoulder kind of way, although there was absolutely no physical contact between us because your lip was wobbling. It looked like you were, you know thinking of things you should have said. Suddenly, my assistant burst into tears. So she had been upset after all, she told him she hadn't. Uh, The little fibber, I didn't mind though. She was a mum down. I pointed to a (laughs) box of tissues. I like that he feels the need to reconcile the grief as well. So obviously, thirty-six was the target. Uh, he's reconciled it, and it's come to forty. Thus, meaning she was twelve percent more sad than he thought. <laughs> also, three exclamation marks know, when he realised yeah, it's absolutely. come to forty hours. Uh, but uh, so he decides it's time to get her back to work uh, to start the healing process. He had her buy and assemble, then disassemble and return a gas barbecue, which he didn't even need. Yeah, he's already got one.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, I also like his uh, his uh, post. Uh, I would say postscript. I mean uh, footnote. Uh, about barbecues <laughs> describing them as uh, a place where you can play it safe with sausages or become the talk of the town with a delicious spatchcock chicken to be fair <laughs> stab is a big fan of a spatchcock chicken well, I'm, I'm a big a fan of a spatchcock chicken more a di- spatchcock what i'm disputing is that one spatchcock chicken would make you the, the talk town. of the <laughs> town <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely I- i'm the talk of southeast london with my <laughs> spatchcock chicken let me tell you that is it worth
2: also just picking up that? Uh, the death of Lynn's mother. According to Alan, he says, my assistant's loss is the black community's gain. Really ramming home <laughs> that racism there. Yeah, she's hugely
0: racist. <laughs> um, he says, both of my own parents are also thoroughly dead. I have to be honest and say, I wasn't too cut up when Papa passed on. Our relationship had been so complex I could write a book on it. What do you reckon, Collins? So I thought, is this the first kernel of uh, an idea that leads to Nomad? Because uh, part of the premise of Nomad is him, uh, is him making a pilgrimage that his father once took.
2: That's a very interesting spot. Yeah, mm.
0: I mean, he's he's bla- he's basically out and out asking Harper yeah. Collins to commission it. So. Uh... It seems that way. I wonder, he does if say, they,
2: yeah, I wonder if they were already planning a second book by this point. Like Possibly not, because I guess they didn't know how successful this is going to be. He does yeah. say,
0: seriously, let me know, because I can easily turn around a mislit book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arguably, this is a mislit book. Yeah, this is, yes. And also, it's hard to describe what it's like to lose your mother, but HarperCollins have insisted I try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's worth noting that HarperCollins didn't actually publish uh, Nomad, the quote-unquote second Alan Partridge book. It was uh, actually published by Orion. Oh, he so did. basically HarperCollins didn't take Alan up on his offer. <laughs> no, yeah, he said he could b- chuck out a mislit book, and they said, no thanks, Alan. <laughs> right, back to Alan's dead mum. Collins have prompted him for some uh, observations about his mum. Just a few highlights here. Uh, he complains that her teats weren't much of a chef. It was milk every day, for goodness sake. <laughs> what um, was he expecting? Oreo <laughs> milkshakes? <laughs> <laughs> um, he also says, I'd rarely even let her do my blackheads. Uh, question to the group, do you let other people squeeze your spots? I never oh, have. No. No, never. absolutely not. Well, Sounds gross. actually, I think. I'll oh, hang have. on! Uh, I think a, 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 a rather awkwardly placed one that was probably popped by an apartment or something. <laughs> it is the most unpleasant thing to yeah. think about. It. Not good. so gross. Uh, no, no, think about it. Really <laughs> yeah, think yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> you know, both people were concerned in this conversation. <laughs> have a think. Uh, he says uh, his mum would absolutely insist on watching No Me, Know You if she was at home when it was on. <laughs> yeah. and it was different when I returned to radio. She didn't listen to Norfolk Nights on too late, up with a partridge on too early, or mid morning matters dead. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then he says, to preserve her dignity, I'd rather not say what she died from, but suffice to say, the family was forced to ask some rather uncomfortable questions about what she used to get up to in her spare time. Question to the group Would you like to speculate on Alan's mum's cause of death? Or, is
2: there something about it being closed casket as well? Yeah. yeah.
0: He brought her body back from Hull. Don't ask. The coroner had concluded his post mortem. Long story. We were free to arrange the kind of funeral we knew she would have wanted, minus the open casket. Believe me, you don't want to know. Well, and also, oh, oh. preserving dignity. Her dignity has not been preserved at all in this book. No. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure that I do want to wildly speculate because the
0: implication is it's very bad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. and it's happened mainly (laughs) to her face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Let's move on. Um, Rest in in peace, Dorothy (laughs) (laughs) Partridge. Yeah, RIP. He he finds radio uh, is his sort of calming influence in times of trouble. Uh, He says uh, when he he became so grief-stricken he barely knew what he was saying. For a while, he thought he was broadcasting. Uncle Peter said that at one point during the funeral, he tried to introduce Call for Cats by Squeeze. Which I think is
2: a shame that that's therefore not the soundtrack for this chapter.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, that but it made I, sense. I like that, uh, that that's his that's his comfort zone, is uh, entertaining the people. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, it's a bit of a daze around that period. Uh, he remembers eating a great many chicken drumsticks and someone coming up to him and telling him he mustn't forget to have fibre too. The last thing he wants is to be bereaved and bunged up. That's a fair point um and then eventually he uh, starts sending lynn to his mum's grave and so he doesn't have to go uh, his graveside representative he said uh, he reasoned that as a believer his assistant derived more meaning from graveside grieving than he did uh, he said don't get me wrong it's good stuff if you find it comforting go there oh that's talking about heaven there <laughs> yeah uh, and also uh,
2: i've if- he does say that if he pushed for time, he would just open his passenger side window and throw the flowers out without stopping as well. Uh, it may sound crass, but in many ways it's a tribute to my mum because she was a real stickler for
0: punctuality. Um, and, then and, then, and, the... then, and then, not that the flowers always land in the right place. <laughs> they landed on the grave of Dan, loving father and loyal husband, Favisham, apparently. Uh, it said, occasionally other mourners will see this happening and frown. I can only assume they think I'm a predatory gay with a fetish for the dead. And I know that would have made <laughs> mum chuckle. Yeah, Interesting why point. Why have a predatory gay? I can only assume <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's the, that's the logical conclusion uh, and that brings us to the end of Good Grief, Alan's uh, dispatch about the uh, deaths of all of the big people in his life, uh, brings us to Chapter 30, Classic House so, talk to me about the uh, Alan's mandatory music choices to listen to while we're discussing classic house. Well, Adam, the soundtrack for this chapter is
2: Satisfaction by Benny Benassi. With an <laughs> additional note from Alan saying, "Check out the video." Has,
0: okay. every, has everyone checked out the video? No, no. You should. It's good. Really. Yes.
2: Uh, let's cut to Nick's live reaction.
1: Push me, and then just touch me, till I can get my satisfaction. Push me, and then just
2: hurt me, till I can get my satisfaction. Satisfaction. Okay, Nick, here we go. It's Benny Benassi. It's Satisfaction. What are your immediate thoughts?
0: Yeah, I do know the song. Awful song. But <laughs> fair play, they have smashed the video. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so you're very much with Alan on, at this point. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to uh, keep it running or...? Can, yeah, if you like. yeah, okay, yeah. we'll put, just put, put it on mute. Yeah, just keep <laughs> it running in the
0: background. Distracted yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan lays into grand designs as he starts to describe uh, the house that he was uh, attempting to make, um, and uh, he complains about um, architects and advertising agencies having just names of the owners, surnames, uh, Beeden, Alison Lyons, and then he goes on to name. There's a lot of, of name listing in this chapter, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just it names. Is, yeah, He suggests that it would be better if they called themselves Rocksteady if they're architects. Uh, this does exist. Well, <laughs> architect <laughs> plans for a Rocksteady Studio's exist. At least, right. and pizzazz advertising that does exist. Pizzazz Promotions makes promotional products, and their uh, their caption says, "Let your logo do the talking." Wow, <laughs> no longer trading pizzazz. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. Um, let's run through the names he uh, he looks at for the property. We have done this as a bit of a quiz before. But...
2: Sorry, I, I was about to say that's like Tangent Snowball, but was was Tangent Snowball a real thing?
0: Tangent Snowball was a real thing <laughs> Yeah, agency. so it's good yeah, that yeah. I didn't do that. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gives us all of the uh, suggested names for the property. We've uh, done these as a quiz before, but let's run through them. Always nice to revisit. Talk us through it, yeah. Mm. Coleman House, Atlantis, Ace House, Allen House, The Cottage, The Old Rectory, Barn Cottage, Follyfoot, Steed Manor, Lord House, Rockford House, Flambards, Brideshead House, The Skirmishes, Apache, Tomahawk, Scepter House, Uh, Scepter House, house. Uh, The Cinnamons, it's just a lovely ingredient, Classic House, The Classics, Manor House, Bentley House, and Large Cottage. (laughs) Uh, So which is the best and why? Oh, well, the cinnamons is just a lovely ingredient. I'm a big fan of the cinnamons as well. I think if I was to choose a house name from all of those, I'd probably it's choose the It's kind of cinnamons.
2: like the least tacky
0: out of all of those options, yeah, actually, yeah. isn't it? I'm, I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of the way he pronounces flambards in the audiobook. Flambards. <laughs> I'm going to go flambards because that's yeah. the name of an oh, yeah. un- underachieving uh, theme park in the southwest. So I was going oh, right. to ask where that yeah, comes na- from.
2: Name your house about something underachieving. Sure.
0: Very on brand with Alan. <laughs> so and just to clarify, he chooses classic house
2: out of this list, doesn't he? So that's the house we see him... Well, that's the house Building we see in. being built in Iman and Partridge, I'm Partridge too.
0: Too. Yeah. does say, the Linton Travel Tavern had made it abundantly clear that I was welcome back at any time. So, <laughs> I really don't <laughs> think as, they had. As we know from previous episodes, he uh, claims a lot yeah. of people have said he's welcome back at any time, and he <laughs> absolutely is Th- not. Their eyes seem to suggest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, he's staying, as we know, in a static caravan, a uh, 10-footer from the yet-to-be-better <laughs> Delta range. Good enough uh, for Jimmy Savile. Good yes. enough for Alan Partridge. It still <laughs> exists. Uh, they're based in Hull in East Yorkshire. Uh, their models include Superior, Hadley, Molina, Ascot, Bromley Deluxe, Bromley, Resort Plus and Santana. Well, which one would Alan choose? <laughs> Santana. Yeah. I will never ever, ever, ever understand caravans and their appeal. <laughs> Despite holidaying in them much as a child, I don't understand the appeal. I understand the logistical point of them. I don't understand the practical... And-
2: well, it takes out the endless hassle of having to move from room to room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go, he's done you. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think if you
0: could literally just park them up anywhere, I would. I would like that freedom, but Why would you know? know? Um, So, yes, (laughs) as he says, as you mentioned, uh, for some time Jimmy Savile lived in a caravan and absolutely insists it was a lifestyle choice. Scruffy crooner David Essex also lived in one. Uh, We can't verify those claims. At this point when the book had been published, had Savile's name been discredited or was he still the uh, bastion of uh, all things good? Uh, Well,
2: Stav, when did the book come out? So the book came out on the 29th of September
0: 2011...
2: Right. Okay. So Saville died on the 29th of October two thousand eleven. Right. So I think all the horrendous, yeah, yeah, before, and also they? all the horrendous revelations about him came out. Post death, and I would say that
0: when Savile died, this book would have already been in production. Like it would have been, they couldn't have changed it. Okay, Um, he says that living in a caravan, he hoped would give him a chink of insight into the mindset of the travelling community, so that he might come to understand how they could even consider dumping a bin bag full of used nappies in the ginnel next to someone's house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like speaking from personal experience, there isn't he. Um, He also says Pear Tree Productions had been a great success, having achieved everything it set out to, and so mission accomplished, it was placed into liquidation. <laughs> I love that. Great uh, which, success. Which means that Fe- Pear Tree Factual Productions that did uh, Welcome to the Places and uh, Cisodial. uh, Cisodial, uh was an entirely separate company. A new entity, yeah. Well, In he- fact, I wonder if he basically, Pear Tree had to be uh, forced into uh, liquidation. liquidation to he wanted that, to keep yeah. making programs. Mm. How can he do it by making documentaries under a different name? Also, doesn't
2: he later refer to the Apache Group of Companies? Here so go. he's, he's yeah. got
0: he's got a burgeoning media empire. His quite new quite and not. exciting venture, the Apache Group of Companies. Um, Apache Group of Companies does exist. It sells used cars and motor vehicles. But Partridge is not listed among the directors sure. on the company's house website. So, as m- Monkey Tennis, have we achieved everything that we set out to achieve? So, should we be placed immediately into liquidation? Uh, well, Touch do, right. <laughs> Perhaps we should run a Twitter poll to so that effect. <laughs> Not another Twitter no, poll. God. No. no, no, no. Uh, the Apache Group of companies comprised six distinct brands: Apache Communications, Apache Productions, Apache Office Supplies, <laughs> Apache Media <laughs> Training, Apache Risk Management. Uh, the, <laughs> the tagline slogan. for which is "Trust No One," <laughs> stolen from futuristic TV series The X Files, <laughs> and Apache Military Strategy, which I like to think Michael was involved in somehow yeah. as a I consultant. Like, I
2: like his addendum to that. It was a welcome revenue stream that complemented Brand Partridge beautifully. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, he uh, he goes on to talk about uh, choristers and how much he loved that. Uh, he, he got membership at this point. Uh, he says there's one in Norwich, one in Bristol, one in Chester, and one at Stansted Airport.
1: Have you All checked? Key uh, yes,
0: of course I have. Uh, no, th- it doesn't exist. But there is. Uh, it was it was actually filmed the chorister scenes at the Wildwood Golf and Country Club in Surrey. Uh, but no choristers as a country club does not exist. Speaking of choristers, he also uh, manages to eventually ban children entirely which, <laughs> after uh, several <laughs> years of lobbying, <laughs> which is uh, 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 probably a process that started when he tried to ban. The the uh, young chap of about six wearing yes, denim yes. in uh, I'm Alan Partridge. Todd. Yeah. Uh, seriously (laughs) of Apache he says some people think it didn't work Uh, some people think it didn't have its fair share of work but they're wrong because it did (laughs) no more qualification that's it Uh, just trust him on that one it seems that he went into the uh, the corporate video or the corporate presentation market because they were easy to satisfy and their idea of entertainment is generally limited to a Dilbert cartoon or the use of Comic Sans font in an otherwise serious PowerPoint (laughs) although he's gone into the corporate world he does have some scruples Um, he wasn't going to do a uh, motivational presentation plus rock music for a cigarette brand because uh, his assistant's racist mother had just died of lung cancer, but then it turned out they were paying five grand. So (laughs) he changed his mind. What are you going to do? I'll take the money, thanks. He is prepared to work with toxic brands. Please remember that. And uh, he doesn't... He sort of reviews, but doesn't review his own uh, presentation for that cigarette brand. Um, He just says, uh, of that, I was paid in full. Uh, So yeah, he's opted for the name Classic House. We know that now. Um, And he's been promoted to Radio Norwich's glamour slot, Norfolk Nights. (laughs) It didn't get any better than that, apparently. (laughs) The the glamour
2: slots. I mean, what... (laughs)
0: There's what, no glamour what, slot what on Radio we, Norwich. Yeah, what is do there? we think he means by that? Well, apparently, his is the glamour slot, and uh, Dave Clifton is very much on the graveyard shift. Yeah, and on the bottle, he says uh, no, amount <laughs> like polo, bottle. no amount of polo, no amount of polo mints could mask that. <laughs> I also <laughs> like his description. He um, he ba- he basically compares. Oh, a, yeah, yeah. I, know he com- I know where you're going. He compares the the, the, te- the technique of uh, of him geeing up his audience so that they can sit <laughs> through <laughs> Dave's yeah. boring show. compares <laughs> it to the slingshot technique used to propel the Galileo probe out into the solar system, which he describes as saying. They basically razzed it round the sun a few times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what he does before pelting his audience into the atmosphere-free void of Dave's slot.
2: Uh, it's probably just worth also mentioning the, uh, there's a bit of statistical discussion about mid-morning matters. Uh, so he, he puts in 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 speech marks. Statistics say mm-hmm. that eighty percent of women under the age of thirty are either indifferent to or actively dislike my current
0: show, Mid Morning Matters. <laughs> and then he says that doesn't make it true, <laughs> 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 but it is from a North Norfolk Digital Listener Survey, <laughs> exactly. June two thousand and eleven. Yeah. Um, he uh, we he starts talking about Sonia as well. Um, he's uh, he's now going. Yeah, out so this Sonya. is the
2: fir- first mention of Sonia in the book, right?
0: Yes, yep. 33 thirty-three, um, and she's significantly younger than him, fourteen years younger. And oh, he also, he, uh, just before that, he says that uh, his new slot uh, gives him a metaphorical hand job, but then feels necessary to uh, define hand job as manual masturbatory relief by a consenting foreign hand. But then, uh, less metaphorically,
2: the new love in his life, Sonia, is also doing that. Yes, he goes he, on, <laughs> and this is when he says, "Press
0: play on uh, Benny Benassi Satisfaction." Uh, <laughs> <I> see, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Did yeah. anybody spot the fleeting Jill reference in this? Uh, uh, yes, plot?
2: the. Uh, truly distasteful dalliance with a menopausal member of staff truly years earlier. Distasteful. Is Poor yeah, Jill. She uh, doesn't
0: deserve that. He also says, my sex life post-Carol had been as threadbare as the gusset of my number one dad novelty <laughs> briefs. Do we think he bought them for himself? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah, great, yeah. 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 Um, he was introduced to Sonia by Pete Gabatas, who we've discussed before, the MD of Blue Barn yes, Media. Yes,
2: um, and the fact that he used the phrasing that Pete had arranged similar girlfriends <laughs> for six or seven of us, um, I think that implies well, that money has exchanged. Yeah, and mine was out. probably,
1: probably
0: the second, second best, best. Not, not the even best. Best. <laughs> the best. <Second> uh, best. <laughs> I also, that means he was looking at one of his friend's wives going, oh, yours is better than mine. Probably
2: thinking, oh, I'd love to have it off with her. Yeah, I, I also think. love that he writes, within reason, I loved every minute of my time with Sonia. <laughs> He's also used the word pubing
0: again. Stop using the yeah. word pubing!
2: Yet yeah, that she was so youthful, he'd started pubing before she was even born.
0: Yeah. I like the uh, the distinction between uh, the window sticker that uh, that Sonia's made for the caravan versus Alan. Hers says, if the caravan's rocking, don't come knocking. And his says that he had to make it himself. If it looks like we're having sexual intercourse in here, please respect our privacy. Uh, <laughs> do, do we think, though, that the builders were coming in, though, and not respecting their privacy? I I don't believe it to be true. I don't know because the builders are a bit a bit cheeky. They're a bit naughty. I'm not sure they're disrespectful, but could, hey, uh, they say to her you could sit on his face in I'm Adam Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were spying on him. Help me out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
2: also enjoy Alan saying that uh, Sonia had achieved through genetics and poverty the exact body shape <laughs> that Carol had been fruitlessly striving for since she was 20.
0: The yeah. poverty diet. He would have made a book or video about that. If <laughs> Absolutely. He it's another yeah, one yeah, of yeah, his systems. Yeah. It just works. He also <laughs> describes Sonia as energetic, boisterous, and very, very zesty. <laughs> Smash and grab sex and or also, a ram raid. <laughs> no, no, be a ram raid. And that he had her fully. He had her fully checked out before anything happened. Yeah, um, and insists that the bath he insists a new lover takes with three caps of dettol is sexy and hygienic. <laughs> I don't know what that achieves, but like, <laughs> like, it's, well, it's
2: it's the cleanliness obsession, isn't it? Yeah, true.
0: Yeah, I guess so.
2: Mm. Well, what what else would it achieve apart from cleanliness? Oh, wh- godliness, what? a yeah. lovely smell.
0: <laughs> 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 A bath of Dettol is not a lovely smell I no, no, I'm joking um, there's a bit of a revelation here that he says we broke up him and Sonia just hours after the house <laughs> was completed yeah. so I think that is literally minutes after the end of the last uh, episode of Iron Man yes, and Partridge great. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's yeah, yeah. that's. I think we are bang on there yeah, yeah. Yeah. straight away uh, and the reason <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: <laughs> is that because it's a new build he wanted shoes off at the door and she was hopeless at remembering
2: and as, as we've seen uh, those kind of final scenes with the house being completed in Iron Man and Partridge Lynn has a uh, covers on as well so yeah. that's a very yeah. that's a very strict rule for alan
0: um he says uh that breaking the news to her wasn't easy we've been living together for a year and a half and she'd often talked about marriage ideally to me but i'd approach <laughs> anyone with uk citizenship yeah. so uh, question to the group did Sonia really love alan no uh, uh, I, love I, think, I think she did i think she did as well yeah
2: now i think yeah. to she's put saying up that, with that yeah, I think she just thinks she but i i reckon she's just thinking i've got an idiot here this is an easy way to get a passport I'm just going to go no, along with it. No, no, no. I think she's I think there was. Genuine, I think yeah, there yeah. was some affection I there. I do yeah. as well, yeah.
0: Um, which makes it all the worse that uh, <laughs> but when it comes time to dump her, Alan gets Lynn to do it. Awful. Uh, awful. Uh, uh, whilst awful.
2: he's locked himself in the toilet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, t- the, sorry, the bathroomette. <laughs> Poor kid, I thought, as I did my belt up.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. So he's locked himself in the yeah. toilet to get Lynn to basically yeah. dump Sonia, and because he's locked in the toilet, he thought, might as well take a shit
0: whilst I'm here. Yep. And then the, the, I think possibly the best part of this story is that later on, because of Lynn's... Uh, yeah. Bad lying, he He finds finds her (laughs) 10 pounds. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So he says, Alan, I love you. She kept shouting, Sonia, not my assistant.
2: Oh, and then th- there's a brilliant payoff here, that uh, Sonia is now his cleaner. Yep. Yes. Uh, and
0: Sonia, well, she and I are still very close in the sense that she's now my cleaner. I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> that is one of my favourite <laughs> yeah, lines in the great. book. Yeah. I love that. And it's delivered brilliantly in the audiobook yeah. as well. I'm not saying this is essential, but you have skipped over a very uh, important bit about bid-up TV. <laughs> <laughs> um so he's very angry that Sonia hasn't left after lynn's dumped her on his behalf because uh, he was promised he was going to send a showreel to bid up tv uh does anyone remember bid up tv uh, i do yep. i also used to buy things from it did you what, yeah. what? what did you buy uh, yes. christmas presents what chintz and tat yeah uh i used to love bid up tv i would watch it all the all right me. i want a list of things you bought yes um a pair of pajamas <laughs> why, uh, not just, why not just why don't you just get pajamas from a M&S? yeah why are you uh, buying it on bid up TV? Because, I, because the principle of bid up TV is that the price starts high and then it goes down. Yeah, but the they add eight pounds it. postage and packing to everything. Yeah, but low, low prices. Okay. <laughs> well, here's some such TV an idiot. Bid up TV facts. P- hang on, hang on, hang no, on. We, we need more. On no, t- I tell know. Us, more. tell us more. Well, it's, t- it's too late. That's already happened. So tell would, us more. I, I went through a phase of buying stuff on Bid up TV, were, some of them, including Christmas. Were presents. you boozed up on
2: drink when you were watching <laughs> it as well? No,
0: but it was also good uh, viewing in the evening as well. <laughs> would, would you say you look back on this period with a mixture of fondness and pride? Yeah. And if I had Sky no, now, no regret. I, would, I assume it's still going. That was going to be my next question. I'm trying going? to get to the facts, but you keep talking. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Adam. Bit up, to TV, the facts. Bit up TV went bust in 2014. Because uh, <laughs> Nick wasn't buying enough <laughs> product <laughs> After a, in to, a rebrand in 2005. Uh, a fact I didn't realise is that Keith Harris of Orville fame once presented on Bit Up TV as well. Did not well. know. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, one more thing. Um, he says that his uh, his house that he moved into alone had four good-sized bedrooms, and he used to alternate between rooms one and four, leaving two, Fernando's, and three, Denise's, untouched in case they dropped by and needed Aww. to go to sleep. Uh, firstly, I done. like the fact that uh, Denise's Denise's room obviously comes after Fernando's. Yep. Uh, <laughs> question to the group. I think we know the answer. Has either child ever visited? No. Never. Never. no. Uh,
2: <laughs> and also, as we know from I'm Alan Partridge, that he basically sets up the lounge in a small room that is essentially yes. the same size and layout <laughs> of the caravan. (laughs) Uh, and
0: on that bombshell I think that brings us to the end of that chapter and the end of this episode of Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge Fan Podcast Uh, thanks so much for joining us Uh, you can get in touch uh, thepartridgepod at gmail.com we're at at thepartridgepod on twitter facebook.com slash thepartridgepod or on instagram monkeytennispod Uh, we'll be back next week with forward solutions and the final instalment of the chapters from iPartridge we need to talk about Alan from all of us at Monkey Tennis thank you so much and
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye
0: goodbye goodbye
1: Monkey tennis? Smelly Alan Fartridge! Linton travel tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Oh. It will be called Alan's Show. I decided. And would be absolutely ace.